Dinking Christmas spectacular. This time of year, it's all about giving. And uh, this time, well, the first time, we've decided to give back to the people that consume the podcast. So, yours truly, Daryl Ray, the illustrious uh, head writer for DallasStars.com, Mike Heika, uh, and of course, the greatest millennial on the planet. Jeff Totes, produces all this, have decided it's inflow this year. Inflow. We're taking your questions, your topics, and then we're mixing them around, much like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory did, and then, and then we spit it out in, in a delicious uh, and intelligent manner. <laughs> Please. <laughs> anyway. Uh, in that uh, Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I'm sure you've seen like five times already, Daryl, uh, one of their keys was Zero. Inter- interacting with the audience. Mm. That, you know, when you see that Radio Gaga. I'm a lead Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly right. And this is what, what Daryl Ray's doing right now to the fans. I think it might have overmodulated. I freaked totes <laughs> out on that one. Yeah. Anyway, let's get going. So uh, thank you all for your, your questions. Obviously, we can't get to all of them there were too many uh but we whittled them down to the ones that we wanted to uh mull over like a spice wine and uh, i thought we'd start with the one that gets asked a lot and it was asked multiple times uh hashtag rink, uh, rinky dinking our gift to you and that is pulling the goalie uh dylan etheridge was one of the guys that, that popped this one on and it's perplexing I never liked it because I was a goalie. I didn't really like to be pulled. Uh, many people have tried to toss in that it's a euphemism for other things and what have you. But uh, the reality in hockey is that they're going deeper into analytics. And with that, uh, they believe that they have some kind of an algorithm that has figured this thing out. Do you believe that? I do not. Um, Neither do I. It's funny. You know what I think a lot of it is? is attitude. Uh, for all the things that Lindy Ruff did, that was one of the most interesting, which is always shoot into the empty net. If we ice it, we'll just take a face off. And you know what? If I get to pull the goalie with four minutes left, I'll pull the goalie with four minutes. Like he saw it as a tool that he could use, and and he didn't, you know, he didn't sit there and say, "Well, I might lose seven to three instead of four to three. He just said, "You know, let's give this shot, and and if it works, great. If not, well, we'll go on to the next game." I'll be honest with you, I can't remember the last time. I saw someone ice the puck, and then the team scored right. to tie a hockey game. Like, I don't no. – and I'm not kidding. I, I don't remember. And it used to be, I mean, you would get visual daggers from the bench, from yeah. your coach, if you ever tried that from just an inch your side of center ice. It was selfish, Daryl. Yeah, very much so. And, Come on. And you'd get Take one for the chewed team. out by everyone on the ice, yeah. and you'd probably never be on the ice in the final minute of a game again when you were up. Yep. Like, none of that would happen. Now, as soon as guys get the puck, they just rifle it at the empty net, with the idea being that if they don't score, at least they get to start from set positions. Right. And they're, they're so assignment-driven now. Trust the fact your center iceman might be able to win the draw and you get possession. And they're fine just icing it again. Yeah. And just they'll keep lopping off six seconds at a time off of what's remaining in the game and eventually win it. And it seems to be working. Now, when you look at when you're supposed to pull, there's some fascinating yeah. stuff out there on pulling your goalie. <laughs> like it's the just listen to this. The team that pulls its goalie nearly quadruples, quadruples the probability of its opponent scoring. You quadruple it. As soon as you put them on the bench, put an extra attacker out there. Well, not even doubling its own chance to score. See, I'm I'm so mathematically it doesn't make sense. It doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah, why not just play at even strength with the thought process that you guys I mean Because expected value of goals is not the appropriate criterion. What matters is expected number of standings points. Okay. 
A team down a goal with short time remaining gains a lot by scoring and loses little if the other team scores as losing by two goals is no worse than losing by one. Perhaps the first lesson that we can apply outside of hockey is that sometimes what seems like the right criterion is, in fact, not, and selecting the right one can make an important difference. We discuss this uh, maybe on a future podcast <laughs> and go deeper into it. But it's, I mean, they. I've heard the Tikhanov option. I've heard, you know, you should be pulling your goaltender to start a game right. depending on how uh, much of an underdog you are in it, whatever. I, I just don't see it working as much as yeah. and that's the my, belief. That's my biggest problem. But they have numbers that back up yeah, that have- you should, that in again, in the long run, whether you lose by three goals or lose by one, the chance that you might be able to tie that game and earn at least a point in the long run pays it off. Okay. I have very few analogies toward Christmas with this one. No, <laughs> you'd get a nice present. Under it's your the tree. gift. I somehow, <laughs> I don't know. You pull one of your reindeer from the sleigh <laughs> if if you're late going over Bulgaria or something. I mean, it makes sense to to try and do this. The timing of it, like I still believe that you know one thirty or whatever it is gives you the desperation factor. But if you watch most of these games. Uh, the last 10 minutes of the third period trying to defend a one-goal lead, mm-hmm. the other team's in – like you're in their end trying to score mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. So I get the the algorithm and I get the risk-reward, but, you know, I, I don't think you have to do it with four minutes left because once you give up that empty net goal, then the game is over pretty much. Well, the maximum advantage for optimal pulling comes at 420. I disagree. Which a lot of individuals will see some other – speaking of – analogies <laughs> it's 420 to go uh anyway the that i mean that's that's the maximum advantage time to pull your netminder i can't think that, of that, that might have been good in denver Maybe i can't that think of that many times well hey <laughs> i don't even know what that means i know it's deep inside but that that is that's the optimum polling time isn't that crazy i disagree a team that practices ultim- uh, optimal goalie pulling gains an average of 0.05 more points per game. So that is worth just over four points in an 82-game season. Do you believe that? No. But they have it. It's math. <laughs> you should well, believe that. I would like to see it in practice over an 82-game season. It's edible math is what it is, pulling then, your goalie at 420. Then the other consideration is if you're – and, again, this is like we go to the per 60s type stuff, which I don't really like much. Uh, how many times are, are you uh, in a game when you're down one goal? Are you in five, 20? Like doesn't that influence the math? Well, again, this, this is just saying if you played 82 games and you never, ever pulled your goaltender, right. you, would, you would gain four points – on the field by pulling your goaltender at the 420 optimal time whenever you were down I would disagree the with that but we should do the math on this we should actually document this going forward you, <laughs> you know what somebody out there will do it somebody will do it yeah you know all this math also uh, is uh, dependent on uh, the data that goes in uh, so until you actually get real hard data yes then the math really doesn't add up to me I'll add this once again, my research has, uh, and I do a lot of research. I'm a workaholic, and I dig deep for the for the people of the podcast, the PPs. And I know what the question is going to be following up on the 420 down by one. It's going to be, well, what happens if you're down by two goals? When would you pull your goaltender if you're down by two goals? The answer is it pays to pull the goalie with 13 minutes to go. Less than halfway through the third period, if you score to make it a one-goal uh, deficit, you replace your goaltender until 6-10. At 6-10 uh, is when you get your goaltender to the bench. Any earlier is too aggressive when down by only one because we know the optimal time is 420. 4-20. So if you're still down by one goal at 6-10, you pull again. You see what I mean? 
Like, my head's about to explode. Well, and then you look at the NHL right now, and every team is giving up third-period leads at even strength. So I think Calgary's what, won, like, seven games right, when they've been so, down after a couple periods. Yeah, so what, you know, they seem to be scoring these goals at even strength. They don't have to pull the goalie with seven minutes or 13 minutes left in the game. I don't know. I'll, I'll say this, and this is the final thing on, on pulling your goalie. The, the Stars' uh, players have made some exciting and, and uh, at times scintillating saves with the goalie pulled. Yes. Alexander Radulov a couple times. Honka did it the other night, and then ultimately, kabang, they give up an empty netter. But um, I, 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 I like losing by one. <laughs> call, me, call me an old fart. I, don't, I, I feel... I feel it actually settles into the group a little bit better when you you fought hard and you lost by one, than you pulled your goaltender twice and lost by three. Right. And you maybe they don't feel that way nowadays. I I think when you start looking back and going, God, you know, we we our last four losses are by a single goal. We're right there. Right. As opposed to we lost by three, lost by two, lost by five. Then it just feels like you're flailing. Anyway. Psychology. Play some Christmas music and get us to the next topic. All right. So as we move along on uh, Rinky Dinking, the Christmas show. Yeah. A lot of fans wanted to know what you and I feel this team needs to move toward or become a cup contender legitimate cup contender uh, as opposed to just an improved group and it's a difficult question obviously uh you know you don't want to you can give your opinions everyone can give their opinions right uh you don't want to undermine anything that that they're trying to do because our job is infinitely easier than anybody that's trying to you know, mesh and tape and button this thing together. But it's not easy. I mean, when you look at the number of teams that are trying hard to get from being bubblish uh, or just move from being a team that's just out of the playoffs to being a consistent playoff team, forget about cup contender. Right. Now, the I would say this, the the belief it seems like out there right now is that once you're a playoff team, you're a cup contender. Yeah, the way it is now. Is- it's a you know what's funny is that that's taken a while to change because the history yes. was. Yeah. I mean, even more recently with Nashville and Winnipeg, you got to go, you know, go and get in the playoffs, and you got to go win a round. Then if you lose that round, then the next. I mean, this is a three, four, five year process sometimes of, you know, learning how to win in the playoffs. But I think Vegas last year said, "Nah, let's just throw them out there and see what happens." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't it, – it, to me, you do have to do that. I mean, like when we saw the Stars, they had to go through their hardship in Detroit before they, you know, came back the next year or their, you know, the loss in Edmonton, and it was a process. And then you look at the Devils, I think, uh, back in the day. They had to go through, oh, we won this round, then we lost, and then, you know, then you get – and we, you know, get to the finals finally, and we finally earn the win. Is that, though, because there were superpowers – then yeah, more the, so and, than and what the, you see now. Yeah, the payroll was completely different. Right. And so now that's so when I mean balance. when you looked at a at a then what was it? Uh twenty six teams? Yeah. You'd look at it and say there are f- five teams that could win the cup. Right. And that was it. Yeah. The but rest you, was you would, yeah, I, would I guess you would think that sugar plum have- fairy dreaming. <laughs> and now what do you think? I well again was that an outlier last year with or is that is that just uh proof and belief in some ways that every team just get in be one of the top 8 in your conference and you have you have a chance to do something come playoff time cuz the teams are so close to one another and if you look I mean you look at Washington they were close to getting popped by Columbus you know, you, you look at a team like Anaheim. So do you view the Anaheim Ducks the same way you do the Nashville Predators? I don't. but yet. I don't either. I, I look at Nashville and I go, that's a team that looks like they're on the cusp of winning one. Right. 
Anaheim, I'm like, no, I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. But the only reason that we don't think of Anaheim the way we think of Nashville is they can't get past Nashville. Right. So maybe they are just underneath of, of that echelon or part. People, uh, for the most part, they're nailing it. It feels like this year, though. Yeah. In the in the preseason, they look at it and they go, okay, uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, uh, Washington. I don't. I think Washington is a bit of a surprise. I think most people yeah, felt they like they were going to take four months to sober up after that celebration. And would they really be that driven? Right. Uh, and they look like they are, and Ovechkin's leading that. Well, and they changed coach and everything. I mean, there's a lot that was going right. on there. Right, <laughs> a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And when you look in the West, like Winnipeg looks like a legitimate yeah. cup contender. There's no question. And Nashville's rocking along. But they get beat by some teams some nights, yeah. too. Like it's, They've had a couple injuries. I so think. anyway, to, do you have any suggestions on what – the stars need to do in order to move themselves from where they're at to where they and everyone ultimately wants them to be. Well, I wrote something this morning, which is oh, not, hold it. We're hold getting it. A, hey, promotion, promotion, ding, 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 ding. And the fans will not want to hear this. Um, but I, I do start looking at next year and saying, hey, you know, what if Kiryanov really is a pretty good player? And what if Honka takes a By step By next forward? year, you mean January? No, no, I mean next season. <laughs> and so I hate to say that because I know the fans have been patient for so long, but maybe the process for them to become a contender is for some of these kids to get pretty good. And that's Essa Lindell, and that's Miro Haskinen, and that's Garyanov and Dickinson, and you know, all of them. They all need to take a step forward. And then now the Stars look more like Winnipeg, or they look more like one of these teams that have speed and have youth, and hopefully that youth is skilled offensive youth. And now you sit there and go, oh, okay, this makes sense to me. Now if you're talking about right now, I mean, not to do Jim Nill's job, but I think they would love to go get another score. And, and again, not to, to write people off, but the, my guess would be that money has to come from somebody being put on long-term injury. And then once that happens, and if that decision's made in January, then I think the door's open for a potential fairly big move that could make the team better. A lot of people seem to – they do this every year, though. They seem to believe that, oh, there's a lot of chatter out there. There's going to be a lot of movement, and then it's frozen. Yeah. Like, it'll be frozen, period, here in a little yeah. bit. Over the uh, Christmas spell, what is it, from I think Wednesday this week until after Christmas, there's no trading yeah. allowed. And I just don't see it. It's just too hard. It's it's too hard. There's, they're hamstrung by money. And everybody to... is. Now, now, if you become that team that's not hamstrung by money, you do have, I think, opportunities. And again, yeah. that has to come through long-term injury. And, you know, I don't know, like I said, I don't want to say anybody's season's over or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, if that happens, then then you do become, before February, you become a team that can open the door and say, all right, we're open for one player. And then the longer we get into this, the contract for that player, maybe an uh, expiring unrestricted free agent, uh, that that contract becomes less and it becomes more doable. And then you start looking around at, at teams like Chicago and you know, right. very talented teams that are just like hitting the floor. Yeah. Like, okay, well, maybe they do want to get rid of one of their players and then maybe that guy's the right fit. And we've seen it in the past. Yeah. It, it, what, whether it's through that avenue or I'm interested in you saying that uh, young guys and the reason that you want your young guys to have impact is they're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and they allow you to do and pay other people. Uh, and when you get that going on, you got a good thing going on yes. because you have inexpect, uh, inexpensive talent that is producing for you. At the same time, you're able to back the money truck up to some legitimate, uh, have done it over the long haul right. players that way. I remember when it used to be, you're like, okay, how do you get to the next level? Well, you're going to need, you're going to need a number one goalie. You, you know, you need a goalie that's won in the playoffs. You don't need that anymore. No. I don't. I don't hear that from anybody anymore. No. That that's the important piece. You do need a decor that that can hold you in no matter where you're playing and what's going right. on. I I truly believe that. And move the puck. Yes, I depth. Mean, you've got depth in that regard. Yeah. And I I just 
you know, in order to get to that to that level, there's got to be belief. Your your big money guys have to produce at a consistent. Uh, Fairly consistent and rather insane level. You right. just you get paid a lot. You you have to you know produce a lot. Right. It's a lot to ask, but it's the way the game is now. And I I agree with you. I think when you when I look at the roster, because of the situation they're at with their defense, they you need a top four that's just a legitimate top four to be a legitimate contender. Like there can't be question marks. Right. Obviously, Haskinen is one of those guys that just changes your franchise for you. There haven't been very many teams win a Stanley Cup without a guy like that. Like right. I, I went through it, and, and he's 19. He doesn't, play, doesn't exactly play like it. But, you know, you go back through, let's say, since the Rangers won in 94. There have been three teams that have won the Stanley Cup without what you would call a legitimate, I mean, legitimate. Right. North Trophy contending. Yes. Yeah. And that would be the Avalanche in 95 96. Who was their best defenseman? Uwe Krupp? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they didn't have. No, they didn't have that guy. That guy. They brought Bork in later on. Yeah. They had all the forwards. Retired his number. Right. 03 04, the, the Lightning. Dan Boyle. Again, yeah. You know, not, not the type of guy that. He's not Nick Lidstrom, let's no. say, right? And then in 05-06, the Hurricanes. Nick Valine had, had the playoff of a lifetime, right. but please. You could toss the Penguins in there because Latang was hurt. That That's what I was going to say. The, yeah. the 2017. That was not a great group of Penguins. No, it was not. Latang <laughs> was hurt. Right. And they, well, they got a pretty special performance out of a very young netminder Correct. to get them all the way through. And, and they and have a couple centers. They have pretty good center icemen. <laughs> Who, who can fold underneath that? But other than that, uh, it's just Hall of Fame, stud, perennial Norris guys galore yeah. on all the teams that have won the Cup. So the the stars seem to be on on that path. Like John Klingberg's a special talent. Right. Um, you know, maybe he's just uh, just a smidge below that. At least he has been so far. He might emerge into being one of those guys. Right. But Miro Haskinen certainly looks like a a young defenseman that will be one of those guys. And if you can put them together. I mean, yeah. again. You know, well, we, yeah, you know, right. That's my point. Right. We don't know what the level of John is, but, I mean, he was six in Norseville. So, anyway, you get. He's in that scoring you range. Get, uh, you get fantasy land. You get, you land another uh, legitimate, I mean, right now. Get Drew Doughty. I want him. Okay. Now. I want Drew Doughty. I think, I think that changes the complexion. With Drew Doughty. Right. I don't want to give anyone up. I just want Drew Doughty to come. Yeah, Santa, yeah. are you listening? <laughs> and then up front, I'm I'm with you. I've said this since the summer, that if they're not going to have – I mean, you're asking a lot to have some uh, young first-round draft pick that was either in Russia or in the minors or whatever just all of a sudden score 35 goals for right. you. Uh, you, need a, you need a legitimate second bang uh, going on with that. Uh, at forward you 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 have to have at least two pairs you know you have to have a center and a winger hopefully a center and two wingers on your top line but a center and a winger and then a center and a winger on your second line that just scare the dickens out of the the charles dickens out of the other side well you know it's interesting too i think is that they believe and, and i'm starting to believe with them that if you get that, then all of a sudden now your third and fourth line are filled with Dickinsons and Shores and Garyanoffs and you know, and now you're like, well, those guys could score too. Mm-hmm. So then now, if you do get that strength up top, all of a sudden the third and fourth lines are more dangerous too and get better matchups. Well, the other thing you have to do to be a true Cup contender is you have to win in more than one building consistently in the National Hockey League, and we will rinky dink about that on the 2018. R&D Holiday Spectacular. It's coming up. To face unafraid The plans that we made Walking in a winter wonderland Ho, 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 ho! People are going to hear that come the 24th as Santa hits the road and comes down some chimneys and distributes some 
some presents and toys. That is one to long all the good boys and girls, Mike. That is one long road trip for it him. Is a, it's a heck of a road trip. You know that? It really is. It reminds me of what we just came off of with the stars. It's got to be exhausting for Yeah, him. I don't know. Uh, in 2018, who has a more daunting road trip or had the stars in the first couple of months of the season or Santa on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Uh, Jason Spezza, 35-year-old Jason Spezza said that was the worst travel of his career, the, the last couple of months. He wasn't around here when we used to have to go yeah. to the Pacific over yeah, and he was, over. Yeah, he did a lot over. of his uh, growing up in the East, didn't he? It's funny, though, isn't it, when I, I can hear echoes of, you know, the schedule sets up pretty good. We start at home. Right. You know, it's just, and then, well, that didn't go maybe as good as was planned. And then, well, if we, we start winning on the road and things were feeling pretty good now and that, and then you go <laughs> ugly in the four game road trip it was it was enough you could you could sense it in everyone yeah. we travel with them uh you could just tell it, it was, they were plotting you know it's like probably vixen and rudolph <laughs> and them you know when they're where, where would they finish where, do you know which direction i don't we should have called norad that's right i don't know which way they go they they're like a hockey team i would suspect that he goes counterclockwise yeah and works his way around that way. Every every hockey player steps on the ice and turns to his right, so they go counterclockwise. I've I've never seen a, a player or a team go to the left, but anyway. Uh, the road, this road thing. Uh, another one of the uh, topics that came up multiple times on uh, hashtag rinky-dinking. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're on pace to win a dozen games on the yeah. road again, which is is not good enough. The, they're six, eleven, and two, and in some ways, I feel like they've done okay, considering right. just how many of these road tilts have come one after another. But at the same time, you, they're not going to be a playoff team. I don't care yeah. how good they right. are at home; they're not going to be a playoff team if they don't win a little bit more on the road. Here, here are the four best road teams. Colorado, which is a little bit surprising, don't you think? And I mean, they played twenty road games. You think the Stars have played a lot of road games? Yeah, no. And I think <clears> that their offensive ability to force the other. Yeah, team. but the idea being that, well, you're not going to be able to win on the road consistently if you only have one line that scores for you. It's a good point. But that but one they, line doesn't. That one line scores like two lines. I guess that's yeah. the difference for them. And, and then they take advantage of their situations. I mean, that's but funny. their goaltending's not very good. You can't no. sit there and say. Well, the Avalanche are outstanding defensively. Yeah. That's why they can win on the road. Yeah, that's the same thing too. I mean, I I liked watching them. I like Tyson Berry. I like Samuel Gerrard. I mean, so but you're right. They they don't have a Norris Trophy contender back there. Their defense is better than it has ever been in yeah. the last decade, though. Right now, at least they they made some moves and bolstered that thing a little bit. But their goaltending hasn't been great. Yeah. Their defense, I don't think, is is phenomenal. But it's obviously much better than what it was. The other three are Toronto. And they have a lot going on. Yeah. They have depth that not many teams can hang with. Tampa Bay, no shock there. And uh, the Washington Capitals round out the top four teams yeah. on the road right now. So how do they get it turned around? I don't know. It's, it's a, oh, okay. Well, we'll move on. No, no. It's a, it's a good question. You know what's interesting about them is they've actually been in these games. So they fight back. They do a lot of good things. They seem close. And this is just them. They seem close. They were in lots of games before, too. I know. But they just seem close, like they're getting to that place where they actually could start to win some of these games. And then you say, well, what if John Klingberg comes back? Is he that much of a difference maker? They've got two good goalies. They can win on back-to-backs, which is where they go on the road. So then you're like, okay, this could happen. And yet it doesn't. So... I hate to keep going, you know, banging this drum, but the best players have to be the best players. That's how Colorado does it. It's probably how Washington does it. Uh, the best players on the road have to step up and try and win some of these games. Yeah. I don't know. It's tougher to crack than encryption software. Why the stars cannot get their collective act consistently going away from home. But, I mean, I'm nobody's asking them to – turn into a juggernaut no 500 yes like that's the formula i have the formula here i just pulled it from the you book. and your analytics and formula yeah they win three of every four home games yep which is doable yep. especially the way they've gone at home 
That's 61 and a half points if you could get a half point. It'd be nice if you could get a half point, wouldn't it? We should look into that. Memo to Gary. And then just play 500 on the road, pick up 41 points in 41 road games. That's 103 points. Yeah. That's automatic. That might be home ice advantage. Now you're talking. Yeah. That's all you have to do. I mean, it's very simple and yet extremely difficult, apparently, <laughs> to pull it off. They've won 29 of the last 101 road That's games. That's shocking. Isn't it, though? It really is. Like, I mean, all you're asking for is 500. That's got to change. I, you know, I'm going to predict something right here on our pre-Christmas spectac. It's going to change. It will change. They will be a much improved road team in the second half of the season. You, you heard it right here. You can you can rewind the tape. Can you rewind this tape at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digitally? No, you just go back and listen to it again, don't you? Anyway. Take it to Vegas. Uh, moving on, a very special, a very special Christmas gift to everybody as the great Tom Holy has joined us here in uh, – Lapland. We're, we're coming from Lapland. We're up near Santa's workshop. And uh, one of our hardworking elves, he's the biggest of the elves, over there in the PR department, uh, the great Tom Holy is up next with Holy Pacaganda. Jingle bell, 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 bell. Well, here we are introducing you to the manger in a Barn or Barnes? Those, those, those crickets. Why are those crickets? Why do Tom, these crickets follow me, Daryl? I don't know. I don't get it. Tom. Uh, I am Tom. Go ahead. Well, we do have one Christmas baby in our organization, and that is the great Stu Barnes. Oh, you- that's where the joke came from. I get it now. It with was, the, so you were leaning into the that. Barns. It was a funny anecdote. Yeah. You uh, see that? We were kind of blind to that one, though, hey? I could have won bit. Barnes and Noble, but that's not Christmas themed. Frankincense and Muir. <laughs> Stupid. Timo Muir. <laughs> Timo Meyer. That's a stretch. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, we do have one, uh, the great Stu Barnes, born on Christmas Day in 1970. Well, there hey. aren't very many of them out there, no. Christmas babies in the NHL. Suspect not. But do we call he- him Jesus? Yeezy. <laughs> Yee. <laughs> well, Stu was always in the gift-giving mood, and as a gift, he did distribute 336 career assists that led to goals, so he loved the gift of goal. <laughs> crickets again don't don't laugh at your own (laughs) unfunny jokes but he's never got to play a game on christmas day because the nhl it it doesn't happen we're aware of that yeah Yeah. in fact there's a little bit of a christmas break but that was instituted when Stu was one year old 1972 1971 it was the last time they played 1971 california golden seals versus the la kings yeah and you know since 1972 there'd been no game zero christmas correct correct yeah. Who won that game? Uh, who was playing? The California Golden Seals and the L.A. Kings. Oh, the Kings did. No, the Golden Seals came out victorious 3-1. to one. God, where was SportsCenter on that one? <laughs> I don't know. Den-a-nit. Den-a-nit. Did the Seals have their colored skates on for mm-hmm. that one? Paint them white, baby. Love like that. the snow. I love that. Aren't they uh, somehow related to the Dallas Stars? The tangled web we weave. Yeah, the Minnesota, yeah, they're the ones that park the motorhome out on the street <laughs> and, and run the sewer <laughs> down the manhole. But you do enjoy their uniforms, I suspect. The unis, yeah, I like the skates, that was all the, the rest of it, no. Uh, and then the other thing that comes up during this time of year is the holiday freeze, where rosters cannot be moved from uh, December 19th to the 27th. See, there's the date. And it's not They're even the actual trade, right? dates. If you can't send people to different Emergency, you can't. Emergency. Emergency, correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good stuff, Tom. You've actually hit on two topics. We're going to con- well, One we've already touched on. The other one we're going to continue on with. Before we get there, oh, we were gifted with the site of Baker Mayfield. And I don't know that we can go 
any further uphill now, at least in my book. I saw it, it was dangerous. 2018 has been made. It was made. dangerous, and 2018 ended on a high note. A Dan high note? <laughs> no, but he was a Colorado legend. And that's where, where saw- this happened. It's all being weaved. It's like a tapestry. It's a Christmas tapestry. Fake. He believes he can play goal. Your thoughts? He believes he could win over an entire nation of Browns fans. Which he d- has done. He's done that. But could he play goal? Could he be a functional goaltender? At uh, what level? Again, undersized quarterback, undersized goalie. He seems to be making up for it. But I don't think he can probably learn how to skate. That's the Jalen Ramsey debate right there. Can you get him on the ice and have Who him Who would learn be a better that? player? The Baker. Baker would be a better hockey player than Jalen Ramsey. Baker over everyone. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite football team? I don't watch. No. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Daryl. Hi, Mike. Hi, Tom. You know what? Since Tom brought it up, let's talk about whether the NHL should play on Christmas Day. Santa's stressed out as the holiday season draws near. So Stu Barnes, a Christmas baby, did not know that. Me neither. So if we go over our three stars of of Christmas babies, Jesus. First star. Of course. (laughs) Stu Barnes. Jimmy Buffett. Whoa. Yeah, those are your three stars of Christmas babies. Those are true gifts to society. Mm -hmm. Parrot head. Stu. Jesus. So with that and with these other sports all pouncing upon Christmas Day as not a day for family and what have you, let's, let's play our sport. Let's put it on television. The NBA has owned this thing, but others are getting into the act. Should the NHL play on Christmas Day again? For selfish reasons, I would say no. Uh, and also because I'm an old man and I think, you know, there is a certain um, certain niceness to this league and letting the players all enjoy time with their family. But, I mean... So they don't play on the 24th, right? the 25th, right. and the 26th. Correct. We shut it down for three days. My feeling would be, and I'm, I'm not a big believer, they used to play on Christmas yeah. Eve as well, yeah, which I'm really against. Christmas Eve is a... That's a holiday. Yeah, you open one gift. Right. Should that one gift be an NHL hockey game? <laughs> Look at him go. Look at him amuse I, himself. I, you know what? If they, if they ever went down that path, I would want them to do or approach it the same way that they do the New Year's Eve day. One game. If you're going to do it, do one game. Don't have a schedule of games. And in some ways, I think the NBA has sort of cannibalized the idea of that one game. How many games are on Christmas Day now with them? Like 11? Yeah. So if you if you just said to, to two teams, look, we're going to do it up for you and your families if you, you're the one that has to travel. And I would think they would do it geographically, yeah. geographically figure out you know, you're not going to have the Kings play the Islanders and have have them travel across country. So do something semi-geographical and uh, and then play a game. I don't, I, but it just it just doesn't seem right to me. Although after as a kid, after we opened our presents yeah. and that, we went straight to the rink, either the frozen tennis courts or or there was an outdoor rink in in my town that actually had boards and all that. You'd go play there. It is. I mean, when you're at home with the family, you hit, let's say, one or two in the afternoon. There's not a lot going on on Christmas Day. You're either napping or you're watching something. You're watching football or basketball or whatever. Uh, So the opportunity is there. I think that's what the leagues have recognized, though, right, with Thanksgiving and with New Year's Day. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is that there's a lot of people just sitting around looking for something to do. Right. And whether it's family or friends whatever inebriated or not hey what do you guys want well you put it on yeah it's, it's like if even if they're not 
invested in it. It's like white noise in the background. You know what sports is to me also? It's safe conversation. Yeah. You know, like you're not talking politics. You're not talking religion. You're sitting there, oh, look at that power play. Yeah. You know, that's fine. You It allows you to talk to somebody you haven't talked to in eight months and have a decent conversation. Because that's a lot of times the holidays at my house are, you know, watching some sporting event and then sitting there, sit around talking about it. And it's very, it's very just safe. Well, the one thing that does start the day after Christmas is the World Junior Tournament uh, on what we call or refer to as Boxing Day in Canada. And, I mean, that is the ratings are through the roof yeah. on TSN in Canada. It's like your NCAA basketball it is, tournament. very much it really, so. really, like, people don't understand just how big a deal this yeah, is. It, it is. And it's I, – I give the NHL Network a lot of credit. They've at least – they've at least tried to – to do more with it right but if you're going to do it to me and this is a criticism of of that if you're going to do it do it right like you know if the if the tournament's in sweden send your broadcast team to sweden right. don't call it out of a room in secaucus you know that's the difference between what the the canadians do and and what they've done i know some of it's supply and demand but right uh, you know, some of the best young, a lot of the best young players coming into this league are Americans, and a lot of them are excelling in that tournament. Yeah. And the U.S. is winning that tournament, and I feel like the the coverage of it isn't that it hasn't uh, risen to the level of the product on the ice. Yeah. And they need to change that. Yeah. When you look at it and you mix the NCAA and the factor of that is these kids are going to be playing in the highest level of hockey in a couple of years, and that's the same thing with, like, say, watching the NCAA tournament, you also have country loyalty, which to me brings a ton of eyeballs. Is that jingoism? It is jingoism or xenophobia. Or is it jingo bells? <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, it but that creates an audience, and so a, a, a TV network uh, that would be interested in that uh, might profit. I agree. I agree. You know, they're well-spoken, good-looking young guys and – they They're going to be, be your stars. They should be selling them better pre. Uh, speaking of puns, which I think I just nailed a second ago, let's stop down. You think Tom Holy's not funny? How about these ones? Uh, and please, all of you out there listening uh, to Rinky Dinking uh, this week, get a pen and paper. You may want to write a few of these down uh, so that when the small children are around and you want to regale them with some of your humor. Uh, do you know what uh, claustrophobia is? No, Daryl, what is it? Getting stuck in an elevator with a group of mall Santas. Claustrophobia. Am I supposed to lay out here? Yes. <laughs> Do you know what Santa's helpers are? No. There's subordinate clauses. <laughs> Some legal humor there. The lawyers are cracking up right now. <laughs> Darth Vader knows what you're getting for Christmas. Do what? you know how? No, what's that? He felt your presence. <laughs> That's a Star Wars one. That's a Star Wars one. I'm going to retell that one. I like that. You know when you put a Christmas tree on the vanity in the bathroom? No. You ever done that? No. Well, if you do, it's called a toiletry. <laughs> one more. What? You need one more? I do at least? need one more. Tom Holy's begging for one more. All right, I'll just finish with with these two. You, you'll never get. You'll never guess which what's next. You'll oh, <laughs> and do as I slay, not as I do. <laughs> the family gatherings at Christmas are going to be so festive this year. People retelling those jokes, writing them down. <sighs> Play some Christmas music totes. We'll recover. We'll come back to answer one of the better uh, questions we got asked. This was from our good friend Jim Green. One gift to give, one to receive, and one to share with our lovely Stars loyalists out there. All right, well, this is a three-prong, and uh, 
I, th- I thought it was a great. It is. It's a great question. Question. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, money, I think, is a, the big thing that I would love to give away to a lot of people because as you go through, you're going to give Stars fans just money. No, no, the Stars fans. That's the last part. Uh, the first. I thought part, this was all Stars fans. No, no, I think one you want to give. One a you gift wanna you want to give them, one you no. want to receive from them, no. and one you want to share with them. I thought. Oh, okay, I got it. I don't know. Go with whatever you I, thought right. it was. Because I thought it was just a gift I want to give personally, a gift I want to receive personally, and then one I don't I know want, if we want to get that detailed, And then Mike. I want to share with Stars fans. Okay, Anyways, go ahead. Here's my one. So money. As you go through this world and you see people you care about. Wow, talk about the spirit of Christmas, huh? And Here's an envelope of money. Well, you look at people who win lotteries and do things like that, and that to me would be the greatest part of coming into a huge amount of money was be able to buy stuff whether that's siblings whether that's organizations you believe in oh everybody would have their hand out though uh, it would and you'd have to find a way to control oh, it oh it ruin your life you, nah, it, you ever watch that okay. those shows those documentaries do. on people that don't know how to handle coming into money you're ruining my christmas gift here Darren. Oh, i'm sorry now my second one <laughs> this is the one i want a gift for me a Mercedes 300 SL going oh, that I could drive up take to my your gift. house. I'm going to drive it up to your house and take you for a spin in it and show you that I have something that you don't have. What a creep. Do the people, <laughs> you're from Detroit, Michigan. I am. That's a German car. It's well engineered. I think oh. they appreciate that in Detroit. Shouldn't you be getting like a Ford Fusion or something? <laughs> Wouldn't that be more up your alley? But that wouldn't impress you and make you jealous. No. Okay, well, you've you've done that, the visual. (laughs) And then I want, uh, for the Stars fans, and this is, we were so lucky to go through that whole process of playoff runs and and personalities. I mean, that just that team was just a a gem of a team. It was, you look back now and you're like, oh, that was one of the greatest, you know, experiences in recent hockey history. So just to go through that again, would be wonderful to have it at American Airlines Center and like you sit there and, and look at what the Blackhawks have done and how that building's different mm-hmm. than everything and how it's everything that they did before but new. I would love Stars fans to feel that. That's a beautiful gift. Thank you. You saved yourself. <laughs> you, you started with just a monetary monster and then you took my gift. Oh no. Uh, but I, I'll I'll change that one. I would give. I would give uh, our Stars fans unabashed, unvarnished truth. That's what I would like to give them, which we don't. No. No, we, we smooth the edges a little. That's what I would, that's what I would, right. I would give. Just be able to just tell the truth. One broadcast, Daryl. That's all we're Wouldn't asking. Wouldn't it? Just a, just a, uh, a foul-mouthed <laughs> truth for... Two and a half hours. What do you think, Totsie? HBO. There's talk of that. Yeah. You know you know who actually talked about that? The head of NBC Sports. Really? Sam Flood. They he was asked something about the future of broadcasting. And one thing he would like to see would be one of those just yeah. absolute raw presentations of an NHL game with things mic'd up. You can hear Everything that gets said between individuals, coaches, players, refs, uh, and and have a obviously pretty full honesty in the evaluation of things. Think about Saturday's game. If you had Jim Montgomery mic'd up on the bench in the first period, or the, you know, TV timeouts, I just that, want a mic in the room. I know, and the then first go, and yeah. second. Think about. I mean, wouldn't like that be, would tell you a little epic. bit about your team, about would, the team that you care about. It could never happen, no. though. It just it couldn't, and and. In some ways, it would probably change the way yeah. people interacted with one another, which would ruin things as well. I think you got to have you got you have to have some closed doors. Well, I that's, believe that's everything. I just and think you do jobs as and much that as, marriage, isn't it? As much as everyone <laughs> wants this thing to be transparent, I think you need a few closed doors. But that would be one. Uh, receive. Uh, you can get me a Bugatti then if you're gonna take if you're gonna take the Mercedes. <laughs> I want a $3 million supercar. I want a Bugatti. Yours would be faster than mine. I want a new Bugatti. Somebody wrote that song. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Ace Hood. Ace Hood. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I want that soundtrack playing okay. as someone brings me a Bugatti. Uh, and share. I, we're already doing that. We share ourselves through the magic of the podcast with all our great Stars fans. It is they get a window into... I don't know what they get a window. It is probably into, the best but. Christmas ever for them, don't you think? Oh, I, I can't. This gift. I really, I really can't think of a a better one that's gone on. I think the the true gift will be when this ends, and they can go, or if they haven't already tuned out, they can move on with the rest of their lives. But this is one of my. I'll end on this. Um, and again, thank you very much, all of you, for uh, adding us and uh, hashtag Rinky Dinking, and for just listening to this blabbering junk that we put out once a week but it is it's a bit of a cathartic exercise yeah. for you and i is it not it's fun yeah totes Hockey's we're supposed to be wearing fun. him out but and he didn't want to be a part of this because he apparently he hates christmas shows period that's not true oh that's not true but he's just uh, bowed out Stephen wright the comedian love him oh yeah he doesn't put anything out anymore does he is he still Running around, doing stuff. standing on a stage in front of a brick wall with a spotlight on him. Still doing Talking stand about up. shampoo and stuff like that. So here's his Christmas joke. I bought my brother some gift wrap for Christmas. I can't do it in his voice. I, I bought my brother some gift wrap for Christmas. I took it to the gift wrap department, told them to wrap it, but in different print so he would know, wouldn't know when to stop unwrapping it. Which would be, it would be fun. It would be fun. Well, we've unwrapped all we can. <laughs> Totes, thanks. You're the king. And uh, we will be back after Christmas. Probably a year-end review, I would think, yeah. on that one. Um, but until then, you and yours, have a happy one. Happiest of holidays. Same to you, Mike. Totesy. Love you, boys. Rinky-dinking Christmas spectacular out. I woke up in a new Bugatti. I woke up.